It's me, Roz Dress Velez. Wow, I have had quite the week. I drove all the way to Michigan from California and back. I am back in San Diego in the shower studios. And I believe that was a grand total of around 70 hours of driving. But now I have my beautiful paranormal pooch, Rocky, by my side and... God, I just love him so much, and we are so connected. I mean, I really do believe in human connection and and human-animal connection. And, you know, when I, when I first found him at the dog pound, the animal shelter, it was, a, it was an indoor-outdoor shelter, and it was a rainy day, and he had just arrived, and he looked so sad. And the two of us, we looked at each other, in the eyes and we just connected and I had to wait five days for him to get claimed and I came every single day to visit him and he wasn't claimed and we would just kind of sit there and telepathically talk and finally on the fifth day I showed up early in the morning and took him home and Sadly, you know, we were separated for quite a few years, but I would always call and my mom would put me on speaker and she'd say that he was so excited every time he heard my voice. And every once in a while I I would get to visit him, but now he's back and God, I, I can't even like go to the bathroom without him following me. I think he's like, he's so, he's so afraid that I'm going to leave, I think. <laughs> so sweet and... God, so it's been a very wonderful week for me and kind of emotional at the same time. So anyway, I am back and recording a ton of new interviews this week, which I cannot wait for. I only wish that Rocky could talk because he has lived in two haunted houses that I know of. He certainly lived with me when I had that weird Ouija board energy. And uh, I'm definitely looking for a pet psychic that might want to talk to him. When I was in Michigan, I caught up with my dear friend, Chelsea. Now, the two of us have known each other for a very long time now. And, you know, we haven't... We don't talk every day anymore nowadays, but, you know, it's just just like with Rocky. You know, I've heard people say before that, you know, you have a real friend when years can go by or months or weeks and it's like nothing even changed. And you're right back to that amazing connection. And that's how Chelsea and I are. And nowadays she has this wonderful company that she started called Rose House Coaching, and she does spiritual coaching. So it's, it's definitely in the world that we talk about on this show. And so she's somebody that if you're looking for spiritual guidance or coaching, 
and you enjoy me. She's somebody that I've known for so long. And especially during like our formative years that I feel like uh, her and I are very much, we have very similar sensibilities, you know, sense of humor and, and uh, if you know if you're seeking spiritual guidance and you enjoy me, she might be a great option for you. So she'll sort of demonstrate a little bit of what she does on the show today. And she also grew up in a haunted house that is still, for the time being, in her family, and it's still haunted. And I actually had an experience with the ghost at the house, and we'll talk about that on the show today. So. Without further ado, my dear friend, Chelsea. You guys, I am joined by Chelsea. Hello. I'm so happy to do this with you. Oh my (laughs) God. I know. Well, because I was just, you know, visiting the hometown of Grand Rapids and then we're like chatting and I'm like, why the hell have you not been on this show? You're like, so in this world as well. Oh gosh. Just a deep deep in it because <laughs> well, it's All funny the way up like, to my neck <laughs> like we, when we met we we did not meet through the spiritual realm the ghost world ghost hunting psychicness none of that we met acting at a theater that many say is haunted actually yeah and so that's, that's um, pretty good through line <laughs> <laughs> what's well, funny how it's um how we've both grown into adults that deal with this kind of stuff and talk about this stuff it's i i think that there's definitely i think that people with those interests attract each other i think oh 100 percent. yeah i we kind of all gravitate towards each other like we all have little magnets on our bodies and oh you like ghosts i like and then it you know it unfolds i think that's how it was for us too is you and i had like a whisper of a conversation around 19 and that just exploded into how about this? And then how about this? (laughs) And it just went from there. Well, cause you grew up in a haunted house. Oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. Let's talk about it. So, okay. First of all, are you a psychic? Do you say that you're a psychic? Yes. Yeah. That is something I will say now. For sure. <laughs> and, how, and how does that like manifest for you? Or what, is, what does that mean for you? So for me, that means that I am definitely someone who gets um, visions and dreams. I can always count on my dreams to tell me what's going on with me or with the people around me or to kind of predict things that are going to happen. And I'm, um, I'm what's called clairsentient. So sometimes I just, uh, I can feel what other people are feeling very easily. I walk into a room and I know kind of what's going on with each person without having to talk to them or if I know them. And I'm also claircognizant. So sometimes I just know things. And I think other people would describe that as just being a channel. I'm a spiritual channel. I, I mm-hmm. talk to my spirit guides. I talk to yours. And that's what I use in a lot of the readings I do through Rose Houses. When I do card readings, I'll get a lot of pictures and feelings in my head. And I've learned over time to just trust that instead of being like, am I losing it? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's cool. I love it. <laughs> well, I was recently talking to somebody that's clairsentient. And to me, that feels like, the, I feel like you'd have to have a really good grasp on that because if you don't know how to, how to mm. protect yourself or how to handle those uh, emotions that will be coming through you, that could be really exhausting, right? Like exhausting. Yeah. I, I, I think I dealt with being clairsentient without knowing I was clairsentient for, I mean, honestly, probably the majority of my life. And it was only maybe 
two or three years ago that I was like, oh, <laughs> not all of this belongs to me. And now I kind of have like a strategy for figuring out what's mine and what's not. And thankfully, the more I dig into that with like any psychic ability is the clearer it becomes. And now I'm completely separate from it, which is nice. Yeah. So when when do you think you first discovered that or like looking back, were there times as a kid where you're like, oh, I've had this ability this whole time or how did that work? It's so, I think about this a lot because I think in all honesty, I used to, when I was little, I desperately wanted to be psychic because that whole, like the occult and all these mystical things always fascinated me so much as a kid. And now in retrospect, I'm like, well, duh, it's because I was like feeling those things on a deep level. So I used to tell people that I was psychic and imagine that I could do things like Raven, like I could stand and suddenly <laughs> see something, you know, but I couldn't do that. But I definitely, I mean, the first time I saw the ghost in my childhood home, I was like eight. So I at least knew by then that something was going on. Oh my God. Did you know she was a ghost? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> let's like, hear that you... whole story because, okay. because I have a connection to it as well. You do. Yeah. So you've, you've also seen this particular ghost. So, uh, the house I grew up in is at this point about 130 ish years old. It's an old farmhouse. One of the first houses on the block. And it's gorgeous. And, and I mean, can we say it's going to be up for sale? It is up for sale. This The sign is there. I'm devastated. <laughs> I know. That's so sad. It's, it's very strange. Um, and now I've got all these people coming into the house to look at it, these strangers. So I'm constantly smoke clearing my room and like, ugh, just kind of putting energy around my door. Like, please don't come in here. Just look, don't touch. Because I'm so weird about my space. But that's that's a whole different zone. <laughs> I, can, I, I imagine like... Um, in Beetlejuice, like people are like coming to look at the house and you're just like shutting a door as there's like a ghost lady, like trying to reach for them behind yeah. them. You're just like, what? Oh yeah, everything's great here. <laughs> yeah, no disturbances. Yep, yep, you're going to be fine. Yeah, you're going to sleep great. Um, I'd actually like to believe that the ghost in question is is playing tricks on them because we have to leave, which is also makes it feel very weird. Like I can't usher these people through the house and tell them things we just have to be gone for an hour while they look at it and i'm secretly hoping that rachel our ghost is just like she loves to like blow on people's necks and open drawers and and do all sorts of things to trick them because she's younger she's my guess is that rachel is around 14 15 and she is very cheeky and she loves to play tricks on people so i hope that she's doing that <laughs> so how did you guys first find out about rachel so my dad was definitely the first person to experience paranormal things in the house. And he would tell us all of these stories. He used to sleep in the basement because he gets too hot. It's really cool down there. And that was his thing. So he slept in this like cave room in the basement with no windows. I used to live down there. I'm sure you remember. Oh, I remember. And um, it's horrifying. I don't know how I did it. But he would tell us all these stories about the um, the door opening in the middle of the night and there would be a presence and it would push down on him. And of course my dad's like, I would get up and I would start swinging, you know, and he's swinging through the air and he's fighting whatever this thing is, which of course, if it's more of a malevolent presence, which it always felt like to me, whatever's in the basement in particular, uh, my dad would aggravate it. And so the ghosts in this house kind of, we have a history of my dad not being treated well by them, but my dad's also just kind of a brute. Well, your up. dad, he's the kind of person that if, if I heard from that person that there's a ghost, then I would absolutely believe it. Because to me, he seems like such a tough guy, like mm -hmm. wouldn't like he, I, I feel like he wouldn't even believe it. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't painted wrong, but somebody <laughs> like him, I'm, I feel like 
he's someone that maybe would doubt it or something. I don't know. He seems like tough. I think that's pretty fair. He's also quite a jokester, but my dad is not the type to keep a joke going long enough that you don't know, you know, if he, if he kind of continues with something, which he did, he had a lot of different stories over the years. And I know my favorite story of his that has to do with Rachel, the ghost that you and I have both seen is he had gotten up really early one Christmas morning and he was still kind of sleepy walking around in the dark and he was going to, he was headed towards the basement to go back down when he heard kind of a creak of the stairs behind him. So he turned around and in his sleep haze, he thought it was my mom, which I find hilarious because this ghost does not look like my mother. She looks like she's got like light hair and she's got a long white nightgown on kind of like Victorian looking. And he looked straight at her and he said, Gina, what are you doing awake? And she just looked at him and she disappeared. And he said the hair stood up on his neck and he couldn't go back to sleep. I think he actually went outside because he was so spooked. Um, oh my God. <laughs> but of course, instead of being terrified, as I felt like I should have been as, you know, a six, seven, eight year old, I was like, I want to see it. Just very, very adamant that I wanted an experience. And, you know, you get what you ask for. She showed herself to me a couple years later. I was playing hide and go seek in the dark with my siblings. And I was hiding underneath a table that has like a full view of the staircase that she tends to live on. And she walked down the stairs very slowly with her arm on the banister and she just looked at me. <laughs> and I oh was God. like, oh, <laughs> you know, and it's, you're just kind of, for me, like, you know, I don't know, you see in movies, people see a ghost and they start screaming and they run away. I'm thinking of like Casper, people just like losing their minds and running away and their clothes are half off, you know, they just like can't take it. Mm-hmm. And I just had this weird sensation of just, oh, that's that's a, an entity. And I just was kind of like paralyzed by that. And then she just sort of went away. Was she see-through? Was she, how did she look? I would describe her as mildly see-through. <laughs> <laughs> was she glowing? I, mm, that's a good question. I don't, she had like a very ethereal, like tinge to her, if I would <laughs> describe it Same. in a particular way, but I don't know if I would say she was glowing. It's, it's tough to put something into words that kind of uh, through our regular like brains and our psychology, like we can't really make sense of. Totally. So have you seen her other times? So that is the one and only time. Well, I shouldn't say that. That feels like the only time that I've really seen her fully formed. I see glimpses of her constantly and I feel her presence and witness her tricks constantly. See, but that's so interesting to me. Like, how how long do ghosts stick around for? You know, I think it's all, of course, case by case, but it's like, she's been there for a minute. Um, she's been hanging out. She's been chilling. She really likes it here. I don't really know why. So I, I went and saw a psychic reader maybe 10 years ago now, maybe a little bit earlier than that, who told me that I had the ability to help spirits cross over. Okay, very interesting. And I, I remember I looked up the most haunted places in Grand Rapids. And I know you looked this up recently too, and maybe you know the name of it, but there's an area out in Lowell, I think it is, that's supposedly very, very haunted. And there's a, a bridge area where if you go and you sit at night, you're kind of overwhelmed by the presence. And I went there one night with my friend Alyssa and we encountered a spirit that was, to me, at that time when I was wide open, I think I 
I just had kind of made it known to the universe, like I'd love to have an experience and kind of just com completely made myself open to that. And so this thing very strongly made itself known to me. And I understood that it really desperately wanted to, to leave this place and cross over. And she and I stood there and we just kind of, I don't know, like made up a bunch of stuff. And like, I told it it was free to cross over. And I got this full body sensation that just kind of felt like my own spirit was exploding into a ball of light. That is the only way I can describe it. It was just head to toe, like goosebumps and this explosive feeling. And then it was over. And it was so crazy feeling that I kind of shut myself off. I was like, that was a little too much for me. I didn't know what I was getting into. I don't want that again. So I didn't touch it for years. And then maybe three years ago, I told Rachel to cross over. I tried to get her to do it. I held a little ceremony and she basically was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess they have to want to. I think that there are some ghosts that yeah. are literally like, I want to be a ghost and it's fun. I, I think they'd want to. I don't know. Doesn't it seem pretty like they say they always seem so sad to me, but uh, there's a, a couple of ghosts in our backfield that do walk around very nonchalantly like they're just having a boy's day out. So maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> I don't know. So when talking about the ghost that you encountered in Lowell, like, did you see a ghost or? I remember seeing it? like the body of a man, but it was almost like as if somebody had done a chalk outline in the air. That's the best way I can oh, describe cool. it. Oh, cool. Okay. Rachel was like fully formed when I saw her, but this man in Lowell was just a shape. Now, out of curiosity, have you Googled haunted places in Grand Rapids and seen if anybody has been like, there used to be this place in Lowell, but now... <laughs> but now the energy's fantastic. Somebody went in there and really cleaned house. <laughs> has... Has your mom or your siblings or anybody else experienced uh, Rachel? In to my knowledge, my mother is the only one who has not seen or experienced anything, which blows my mind because she's a very mystical woman. She's, um, I, I definitely think she believes in those things, but for some reason, she's just not ever had an experience. But I'm fairly positive. I know my sister has for sure. She has lots of stories of waking up on our, our back, like den porch and mm. seeing something in the doorway and feeling like she's paralyzed. Oh my God. <laughs> so do, so we think, terrifying. so we think that the basement is a malevolent spirit or no. What did you think in the basement? You so, think yeah, I think I I've, I'm fairly certain that I've cleared that out with some help from um, a woman who's a shaman nearby. She's my friend's mother. She does really, really interesting work. And I got so scared one day of this thing in the basement that I called her up and I asked her to come clear it out. And she told me that she sent over whatever guides that she works with that clear that thing out. And since then it has felt different, but there's still this I think what's left down there is just lingering energy of all the fear that we all had every time we were down there. Because even as kids, I could not leave the basement without running at full speed because I was so scared something was after me. Yeah. So I think well, it's years of that energy accumulating. Which is so funny because, you know, I grew up in basement country and now <laughs> I live where there are no basements. And oh. so many people that I talk to that grew up not around basements are always like, they sound terrifying. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of times they are. Yeah. I've yet to meet a basement that doesn't make me want to take off running. It's very strange. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. So, 
here's my story. I may, I think at some point in the past year and a half of doing this podcast, I may have mentioned this story, but I didn't, I don't know if people remember or if, or if I can connect the dot. Now they can connect the dots to you and your house. But so basically, probably about 10 years ago, I was at your place. I want to say it was a Christmas where, you know, a lot of us that had moved out of the house or moved out of the mm. state, we all came back together and got reunited. And, uh, you know, it was back in my partying days, five and a half years sober. Thank you. But at the mm-hmm. time I was partying, we we're having a great time. And I passed out um, in your, well, I mean, like, I was like, okay, I'm not driving. So we're going to, I'm going to go to bed here. So I went to bed in your upstairs in one of the bedrooms, mm-hmm. <laughs> not thinking about the fact that the place was haunted, not really caring, just minding my business. And I went to bed and I remember in the middle of the night, the door, the closet door opened and I wasn't sure, like maybe it was a cat, maybe, but then I was like, the door's closed and there's nobody else in here. I know there's not a cat in here because I'm allergic. And there was nobody else in there. And so I thought, oh, that was weird. And then I just like, you know, passed back out into my like, you know, pop off cheap vodka stupor. <laughs> and um, college days. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I went to bed. I woke up the next day and I was like, Chelsea, I think I encountered Rachel last night. Now at this time, you hadn't, you never knew that her name was Rachel you told me you you got all white as a ghost and you told me what i told you that i had only just learned that her name was rachel right yes like i like literally just so my dad and i had gotten a ouija board when i was maybe 10 and we used it and it was one of those ouija experiences that you hear about where the board flies off the handle. So it was moving a lot. And I thought it was just my dad playing tricks on me because that's a very David move. And they said, take your hands off. And it kept moving. And I took my hands off and I watched it move. Ooh. And it spelled, and it had <laughs> it had spelled out the name Rachel. And I had just kind of kept that to myself or we had kept it in the family for years. And then right before you visited, I went to a psychic who mentioned Rachel to me before, of course, I had mentioned to her. She said, oh, you know, the the girl in your house, Rachel, who follows you everywhere. And I was just like, what? So, and you know, I hadn't at that point popped off on the internet telling everybody about this. So for you to wake up and say that blew my mind. Yeah, because I I remember you you never told me that her name was Rachel. And I remember we were both like, how the hell did I know that? Did she walk up to me? Did she open the closet when I'm sleeping? And, you know, I'm all drunk. She she crawls up to me and goes, my name's Rachel. <laughs> and then goes back into the closet? I don't know. But I woke up with the name Rachel in my head. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's so spooky. It's so but validating. I, so I, I never saw her that I can remember. Mm. But um, but that was something. I think I consider that something. You're you're opening up in my brain now the lost files of friends who have mentioned her that I've not told them about her. And I remember my friend Caitlin coming over in high school and we were sitting on the porch, which has a view of the stairs, and we were in the middle of hanging out and out of just thin air, she goes, so who's the girl on your stairs? And I just looked <gasps> at her and I was like, what? She goes, yeah, who is that? And I knew that Caitlin was 
she could see things, but I just, I, I remember that night I had not thought twice. It was the first time she had been to my house. I hadn't even considered it. And she brought that up out of the blue while we were hanging out. Oh my God. So she's been, Oh, I have another one. <laughs> so, okay. Tell me, I want to hear them all. So there was an old couple that stopped by. Um, gosh, this has actually happened twice now that someone who's a total stranger has either stopped by or stopped my parents when they found out where they lived to ask about the girl on the stairs. So an old couple stopped by, they were out in front, they were taking photos of the house, just kind of, they hadn't knocked on the door or anything. And I guess my dad went out there and started talking to them and they, either they had lived in the house a generation or two prior to us or knew the people that did or something, they had a connection to it. And in the middle of that conversation, the old man asked, have you ever seen the girl on the stairs? <sighs> so that had happened. And then it happened again to my parents. Actually, last fall, they were ride- They were doing like horse and carriage rides downtown. And somehow they got to talking about where we live on Elmridge and that it was the big white farmhouse with the, the red barn and the shutters. And the guy driving the carriage turned around and he said, you have to be kidding me. Have you ever seen anything in that house? Like, he goes specifically, he goes something on the stairs because I used to hang out there and we would see this girl on the stairs. So <laughs> it's just like far and wide, we've got all of these stories and moments of people who have experienced this thing here. It's just absolutely wild. Well, if you're a ghost hunter and you're looking for a beautiful old farmhouse yeah. in Grand Rapids, Michigan, this might be the place for you. Yeah, save your pennies, come move in. Well, now, do you do you know the history exactly? Like, do you know who she is? Or I wish. No, I've tried to look that up a lot. My dad and I actually went to try to find the records of the house and who it was sold to. And I think he actually does have a file on that somewhere that I looked through at one point and I was looking through like the old deeds and who owned it and looking up like the children, but there were pieces of it missing and kind of things that hadn't been filled in. So I got very close once and I was very excited, kind of that feeling you get where you're, you're onto something and your whole body starts buzzing, but I wasn't able to get the full records. So, so I don't know, but I'm, I'm dying to know. I wish I knew. Well, cause it made me think, so part of what you do now is you do these charts for people. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if, if you had that info on a ghost, if you could oh my get a God. better understanding of who the ghost is and maybe that could, you know, help with your relationship with the ghost. That's brilliant. I've actually never once considered doing it for a deceased person. And I love that because that makes me want to do it for like my grandfather now because I have an altar in my room and I give thanks to my ancestors every day. I have a relationship with them. So, and my grandmother Iris was very into, you know, anything, anything to do with mysticism and spirituality and past lives and all that stuff. So now I feel like you've given me this gift. <laughs> like oh, yeah. What's oh my up, god! I think, <laughs> I think that could be a really great thing for like helping people cross over. That's actually true, yeah. Because I mean, human design—that's what these charts are. I mean, they're an energetic blueprint. You know, it sh- shows you where and how to access your body's consciousness. And so, if I—you're right—if I had that kind of as a map for communicating, that might open things right up. That'd be amazing. Well, let's talk about it because you actually did it on me. And- I did. From what I, you sent me, I mean, it's a lot of stuff to read and it was very accurate what I was reading. And um, so explain what, what this is. So you, 
it's the kind of thing where you actually find out, you know, what time I was born, where I was born, mm. like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So human design, it uses your astrological details. So I, human design is what I believe some people would refer to as a pseudoscience. So I found it to be a lot more legitimate and empowering than most other systems like this that I've looked into, right? Some people I think would argue that because it's based on astrology, you know, how real can it be? But every single person, you know, I've done hundreds of readings at this point and I've yet to do a reading where someone isn't like, how is this so incredibly accurate to me? Um, and like I said, it's, it's an energetic blueprint. It's kind of shows you how to access your body's consciousness as a decision-making tool and ultimately as a tool and a guide as to how to live your authentic self. So for example, yours, there's a type, there's five different types you're a generator, it's called. So you're what's known as the workhorse of the human design system. You were brought here to work. You have a lot of energy to expend every single day. And your life's mission is basically all about finding the right work to do. You're usually probably deeply dissatisfied if you're not doing work that lights you up. And you'll go through a lot of different jobs in an effort to find that one thing that really moves through you and makes you want to do it. Because if not, you're not likely to do it and keep your promises to it. Um, Totally. It's things like that. It's also tells you your, your strategy for making what I like to call promises and agreements. You know, if someone invites you to do something or if you get an opportunity, um, some sort of like career invitation, it gives you a strategy for making those choices so that, you know, you're making the right one for you. And so yours is sacral. It's, it's the strategy of responding. You're supposed, you're supposed to wait for invitations to come your way and then ask your gut, does this light me up? Yes or no. And make a choice from there. And, and most people are taught to live from their headspace, right? So it's kind of about shutting that mechanism off a bit so that you can bring your attention down to the right space to make choices that are more authentic to you. Um, and I mean, that's 0.005% of human design. There's just so much to it. You know, you get an incarnation cross, which is your life purpose you get a profile, which is kind of how you carry out that purpose. You get what's called a not-self theme, which is an emotional indication that something you've done something that really isn't correct for your type. You've usually it's usually when you've said yes to something you wanted to say no to. So that tells you, oh, I can look for this feeling in myself to help myself understand that, oh, I, I kind of made a choice that wasn't in alignment with what I actually want. And then gives you a strategy and a system for finding out what you do actually want, which I think is a gift because most people out there don't know what they want. Yes, absolutely. Well, because my thing with horoscopes has always been, it's always been like, I think it's fun. I think a lot of it is, is accurate. A lot of it's not. And I always feel like within the 30, like within this 30 days, all these people that were born in the, in those mm. 30 days are all the same. And I've, I've always had a hard time with that, but yeah. I've been aware of this sort of thing before. Um, and I've never officially had it done to this extent. And to me, it, it feels so, so accurate and so, uh, so much more specific to me. And and I think I'm I'm definitely going to be looking at it and using it um, on a daily basis for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's I I discovered human design about a year ago and taught myself to read my own chart. So what you do is you get this big body graph and it's got all these shapes on it and it kind of reminds you of the chakra system. It's also got all these numbers, all these colors. It's 
it's a lot to dissect and digest. But Mm -hmm. for me, I think one of the most helpful things that came out of discovering my type was it told me that I had an open head center, which basically means that when you have an open center on your chart, that's where you take in energy from people and places around you. And you're kind of in a constant loop of amplifying the energy of the people around you or taking in their ideas or their fears or their anxieties. And if you don't know that, it's just like earlier when you asked me if I, you know, how I adapted to being clairsentient, right? Because if you don't know that those emotions don't belong to you, you're going to claim them and then you're going to be a mess. So human design gives us a really, really great, like actionable plan for identifying all the ways that we do that, not just with emotions, but like I said, with fears, with ideas, with anxieties, with identity patterns. And then we can sort of learn to collaborate with them so they don't just kind of squash us down all day long. It's pretty amazing. But mine told me that I have an open head and I've taken all these ideas. And so it explained why when I would go to a restaurant that I've been to a hundred times, I know what I want. As soon as I sat down and looked at a menu, I would be totally just paralyzed by choice. I couldn't do it. I'd get really anxious. I'd kind of be amplifying what everyone else wants and, oh, maybe I don't want that. And I just, it would kind of be this ridiculous thing that happened to me because it's like, why am I feeling so, so chaotic about making a choice off a menu? And then when human design told me to kind of turn any choice that I have into a yes or no question and ask my gut, I started practicing that and it changed my life. Like it made things so much easier for me. All my anxiety went away. It's, um, it's pretty amazing. So I love that it's, you know, it is this blend of like, you get astrology for the people who are really into mysticism. And then you've got these really practical solutions to long-term problems that the people who are more logical are going to very much enjoy. Yeah. Well, I, I know that for myself and a lot of people that I talk to that listen to this podcast, we identify as empaths Mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, I feel that that's accurate for myself, but I don't, I mean, I don't officially know I'm not diagnosed an empath or anything, but I feel that I, I do take on a lot of emotions, a lot Mm -hmm. of feelings, but I think that with this understanding, it'll, it will give me a lot more insight on, on, uh, dealing with those situations. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think once we know that we've got this really great, clear explanation that not everything always belongs to us. And so then it becomes, well, what do I do about that? You know, and there's plenty of, you know, you can really lean on the defined centers they're called in your chart, your defined spots, there's consistent energy. You don't take in things from other people so much. You can lean on those. And for you, you actually have very little defined centers in your chart. So it's very normal that you individually would feel that you have a lot of energy coming and going in a lot of different ways. You are very fluid and there's a way to shift your perspective around that. So I also, I also teach what's called emotional patterning. I teach a whole course on it. It's this awesome six week course where I teach people to ask the right questions of their experience. You know, you're experiencing an influx of emotions. And the first thing you say is, well, which of this belongs to me? Um, what are the actual facts? You know, let's, let's at first treat this emotional experience sort of like a conspiracy theory. You know, what's globbing onto me that makes sense for me? What's coming in that seems like it's out of nowhere? How can I take that and look at it from a broader perspective as the observer, right? So how do I use, like, you have a defined root. How can I anchor myself into that natural sense of stability that I have? And from that place, look at my emotions and start to ask all these different questions to figure out 
where it's coming from, where you learn to do it over time. You know, did a caretaker mirror this to me? There's so much and it can, it can sound and feel overwhelming, but when you concentrate it down into a system like human design or into the course that I teach, it makes everything very manageable. And then all of a sudden you've got like this really beautiful toolbox for existing with yourself. Okay. Well, how can people uh, get in touch with you if they want to do this themselves? Yeah, they can go to my website, which is www.rosehousecoaching.com. And they can also just find me on Instagram um, at rosehousecoaching. I love that it's coaching. Like, I think that that's, I think that's a great word for this. Yeah, I, I like that. I like the sense of, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to guide you, you know? And also I think when you think of a coach, you think of someone who's got this really strong team and they know how to recognize everyone's strengths and kind of put them to good use and kind of, you know, show them different ways of approaching the game. And that's very much what I do. And I love being a psycho-spiritual coach because I get to walk this really cool line between, you know, psychotherapy and spiritual and mystical practices. Like, Hey, let's learn about neuroplasticity. And then I want to talk to your spirit guides. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. So I get to, I get to exist in both spaces, which is a treat for me. That makes me really happy that I get to do that and allows me to kind of guide a lot of different people, you know, especially the people that are much more logical who kind of maybe want to dip their toes into the ghost talk or spirit guides or angels or whatever, whatever they connect to. And I'll hold that space for them. Well, you came to the right place for that. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, okay. I want to talk about some more ghosts for a, a moment here. Oh, yeah. If I may. Because I was looking up where we are from, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so funny because I, I found all these different blogs and just various websites. And this one it was urbanplanet.com had an entry from somebody who I want to be my only source from now on because of the name. His name is Zachariah Deman. Oh, <laughs> that hits. I like that. Zachariah Deman. Deman. Um, okay. So, but what I thought was so interesting about Zach- Zachariah Deman's <laughs> De- <laughs> Zachariah Demand's um, entry was that three of these places directly relate to you from our hometown. <laughs> For some reason, our hometown is very haunted. And I i mean, I grew up thinking that I also grew up in a house with a spirit mm. in it. Um, I feel like so many places around town we always knew about were haunted. Do you remember the Ada Witch or did you ever go to the Ada Witch? I... <laughs> That's when you grew up hearing about as much as Santa Claus here. And I, I mean, I was pretty much made to be so scared of it that anytime anyone was like, let's go see the Ada witch. I was like, hell no, you know, I'm not doing this. I never went. God, I pro- I guarantee at some point when we were in high school, I tried to get you to go because I used to a love the Ada witch. Yeah. Okay. So here's one of the places, the high school you went to. So there's two Catholic high schools in our hometown. I went to one, you went to the rival one, which mm-hmm. is West Catholic. Yep. And it's right next to a cemetery. It and is. according to Zachariah DeMann, <laughs> there, he says there's a cemetery next to 
the high school that has a glowing nun near one of the tombstones. You can only see this glowing nun during a full moon. When you see it, it is glowing and transparent. There is no logic of the source of light and why it glows like a hologram. After you drive past the tombstone, it disappears. Hundreds of cars would line up to see the glowing nun every full moon in the 1980s. What? I know. I never, I don't think I ever heard that. I was going to say, where was I? But I was not here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. The other one that I found interesting is the theater that you and I met acting Mm -hmm. at, which is the historic, legendary Grand Rapids Civic Theater, which is a gigantic, I think at least at some point it was known as the largest community theater. We are so lucky that we got to perform there or the, oh my um, gosh yeah i mean it's, it's still so ornate inside it's beautiful it's what you like you watch the movie the fan with the opera and that's like what it looks like inside it's gorgeous well it's weird you wouldn't think it's like a community theater because it's Mm-mm. honestly like as nice as a lot of broadway theaters absolutely uh, and it's historic it's um, is it the oldest community theater i feel like it has titles that yeah either in michigan or in the country or something like that it's one of the oldest and one of the biggest i feel like i've heard yeah for sure. Yeah. But so it says, um, Zachariah Demand says that uh, there's reports of an evil presence in the peanut gallery, which I remember going up to. You uh, were the one that made me scared to go up there because of that explanation. Yeah, well, we had a friend who I'll keep nameless that um, that had gifts and mm. told me that it. he told me very specific things that he had seen up there. Um, he had kind of a, that's a Raven ability where he could mm-hmm. touch things and see actual scenes that, uh, happened in locations and, and with various objects. Again, we, uh, attract people like this and, <laughs> um, and he told me about it up there, but anyway, so, uh, there, there's an evil presence up there in the peanut gallery, gel flaps in the lights mm-hmm. and people have, uh, People have been seen in the side bays or uh, ducking behind curtains. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, I, re- I, I definitely remember thinking, because even back when I was a teenager, I felt like I would go to places and be like, I'm pretty sure this place is haunted. Yeah. I remember getting feelings there for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I remember being up in that peanut gallery spot once where like the light off would be. And I remember feeling something. I don't, I don't necessarily remember it being super malevolent, you know, like something up there was like, get out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. um, But I do have a much more vivid memory of standing on the stage when all the house lights were out. And I don't know if it was just before or after we had rehearsal, but the place was very empty and very quiet. And I shut my eyes And I remember having the sensation of if I opened my eyes and every seat was full, I wouldn't be surprised because that's what it felt like. The the energy of the theater was so full. It just felt like there wasn't one spirit there, but like 30, (laughs) you know, just like there was a crowd of, of spirits all just hanging out there. Wow. Yeah. That's one of my biggest fears is being on stage and all of a sudden seeing someone that's clearly a ghost staring at me on stage. I think about that all the time. Okay, you here's... <laughs> I literally do. Very specific. Girl, this is my life. <laughs> so, okay, here's um, one other place that uh, Zachariah DeMann listed. Um, the college you went to. Yes. Aquinas College, which is so funny because 
my parents for some reason felt that it was um, okay to just keep this information from me until last week when I was home, I was telling them about, we were talking about haunted places in Grand Rapids and they said, oh, you know, Aquinas. And I was like, yeah, I think I remember hearing that. And they were like, yeah, we got married there. And in one of our wedding photos, there's a child ghost in the background. What? You just never thought you would ever show me that. So I, they're going to try to find that picture for I me. I would love to see it. I know it's great because it's from the seventies and my dad got married wearing like monster boot. It was like very disco time. Oh. And he has like these mm-hmm. gigantic heels that I wish fit me. Friend of um, friend. Okay. So it says, <laughs> uh, it is rumored that, the home dean mansion absolutely the former low estate located on the campus of aquinas college is haunted with the spirit of one of the low children a Mm -hmm. small boy who according to stories drown on the property night security guards report turning off all lights in the locked and secured building and having them mysteriously turn on once again Mm -hmm. reports of water faucets turning on have also been mentioned yeah Constant, just constant home dean ghost talk when you go to Aquinas College. And really, lots of us like sneaking out at night to look. And I've had, you know, wild experiences in there. I've gone in there during the day to talk to professors who have, you know, offices in there. And the minute you walk in, you're just kind of like, oh, <laughs> like there is, there is an energy here. And then I've been by it at night and seen like lights turning on and off and, and weird stuff and heard, you know, like I said, countless stories from students who saw something or experienced something. And um, well, what's going on at the theater over there? Cause there's also the theater. Oh that yeah. Both of us used to perform at. Yeah. So the theater to me is, I mean, I had way more experiences there than I did around home Dean, but I was also a theater kid. So I lived there, you know, like the rest of campus didn't even exist to me. I never knew what was going on. I don't know if we had sports, like I was disconnected, but I spent (laughs) all my time in the theater. And I also, which is fun part of this, uh, West Catholic, my high school also used that theater. So I was running around. So did mine. Yeah. Oh, right. Because you went to Catholic and the Catholic schools have this agreement with Circle Theater and Aquinas and they're, they're all in. Because it's a Catholic college. Yeah. Because it's a Catholic college. So. I also I, broke my wrist on stage there during a production of Snow White. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and now your ghost is angry running around there. <laughs> um, so I, I started running around that place just like you, probably, you know, 2004, 2005. And 2004 is when Norma Brink died. And Norma Brink was a longtime performer at Circle Theater back when it was Circle in the Park and their theater was at the zoo. It was this special pavilion that they had before they moved to this place at Aquinas. So they moved to Aquinas and Norma's still performing. She kind of came to be known by the Grand Rapids community as a beloved performer. She was in a lot of their stuff. Everyone knew who Norma was. And so in 2004, mid-run of a show that she was in, she passed away. She died of some illness. And they kept her station in the green room perfectly intact. All her makeup, dried flowers, photos, anything that she had left there, bobby pins, it was all there. And they kept it perfectly intact for, I think, at least a year or two, because it was during the run of a show, I think, yeah, when I was maybe a freshman or a sophomore, so that would have been like 2005, um, my friend Caitlin, the one, the same, the very same one who saw the ghost in my house 
walked up to Norma station one day and went, I'm so sick of looking at this and just took her arm and swept it all into the garbage. And the rest of us, of course, the theater super, you know, we're all superstitious. So we were like, like this collective dramatic gasp. And from that point on, we started experiencing like normal hauntings. And I absolutely ran into her backstage once. She stops the elevator all the time. There's, you know, she's up in the catwalks. There's just countless, countless stories of people experiencing Norma in there. And I had plenty of experiences with her. Wow. So that's like a pretty known thing around there. Definitely. Wow. I I just was thinking as you were talking about, there was a, uh, a woman I'll keep her nameless um, (laughs) that she was a a grandmother figure that you and I both knew um, that worked in that uh, scene. She passed away and I had such a connection to her and still to this day, she is one of, she's one of the four grandmothers that I consider in my life um, that I each each one I address specifically by name before I go on stage and they're always with me. And she's one of them. Oh, wow. I love that. I didn't know that. Yes. Always there. Takes my fear away instantly. Mm, what a second. treat. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful scene we came from. I know. I feel we're very lucky. I've Of all the places I've lived, I think I've lived in five states now and I've never encountered a community theater scene like the one we have in Grand Rapids. It's It's, it's very special. And there's a lot of great theaters. It's kind of, you go to another town and you're like, ooh. I know. <laughs> it's so special. <laughs> yeah. So we got lucky. Do you want to hear some ghost voices? Yes. Okay. It's time for EVPs or EV please. Do you know what an EVP is? I don't. Okay. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> an EVP is an electronic voice phenomenal (gasps) no these really scare me (laughs) well it's part of the show i should have warned you um okay so what i do is i go to youtube and i find you know my sources uh, maybe it's zachariah Deman. uh who knows who it could be but i go to youtube and i like to find real evps that people Mm. claim to have caught and um aka ghost voices that they've recorded on yeah you would think for someone like me who is very into ghosts that I would love this, but I specifically ask ghosts when I'm in a place where they're around not to talk to me because <laughs> their really? their voices really scare me. <laughs> yeah, I know. so I'm in. I'm in for this Mr. Toad's wild ride. I'm. I'm in. Are you sure? Are you sure? I can you do it. Do yep, okay. I'm gonna do it. Okay, I believe in you. Thank um, you. So, I want you to guess either what you hear. Or what the investigator believes that they hear. Um, I'll give you some options. Okay. So these are both from GR Ghost Invent. <gasps> Sorry. Oh, local. Okay. GR Ghost Investigators, and um, yeah, I wanted to keep. I wanted to keep this on brand because Absolutely. having just been in the hometown, um, I've got a lot of ghosts on my mind from there. So. <laughs> Living and dead. Living Um, and dead. So this first one is from not the North Pole, but the Ada Witch. Findlay Cemetery. Wait, so am I am I guessing what I think she's saying or if it's real or both? Well, 
we already know that this is an alleged real uh, okay. EVP. So, and we don't know who it is because it's a cemetery. Who knows? But um, they did preface this by saying that they're walking on gravel. So it's they definitely acknowledge that it's kind of hard to hear what okay. this ghost might be saying. So you'll hear some gravel in the back, but you'll also hear a real gravelly voice. Uh, tell me what you think this ghost is saying. Okay. Stop it. That sounds like somebody eating tortilla chips. It does. But wait, there is a ghost in it. Just tune in. Here we go. Play it again. I'm gonna... Wait. <laughs> Any guess? I'll give you some options. Okay. Okay. Is it A, bacon, <laughs> B, back off, C, bad girl, Ooh. or D, bad gum? Maybe like, you know, when you eat bad gum, like, yeah, like it's the just, flavor. Yeah, it's like juicy fruit. Just Here, let's try it again. One. Yeah, one more. Now I do, I also want to say it's kind of unfair when I do these from home because it's kind of hard to hear. It's easier to hear with headphones on, on a computer. You could go to GR Ghost Investigators on YouTube to find it. But one more time. I, I'm going to guess back off. Yes, back off. Is that I what think, the video says it says? That's what they think it says. I think it might even say back up. Here, let's try oh. it again. Back up. <laughs> Evie, please. <laughs> okay. Let's try one more from uh, the ghost investigators of Grand Rapids. Uh, this one is in Nunica Cemetery in a place called Nunica, Michigan. That sounds haunted. Now, this one is good. Okay. Here we go. Oh, it's a whisper. <laughs> Wait, let's try it again. Yeah. Oh, oh, I heard it so clearly. That really spoke to me. <laughs> what do you think? Well, it sounded like he said, come on. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It sounds so much like that, that I had a hard time trying to find um, other options, but I'll give them to you anyway. Okay. Is it A, corn? May, hey, maybe it was spelled with a K backwards and they're, okay. you know, yep. late 90s Big metal fan. fans. Yep. <laughs> um, is it B, cannot? Is it C, come on? Or D, come on? <laughs> it's come on and it's so scary. It, to me, I turned my volume all the way up so it blasted into my cerebellum and it sounded like come on. Yeah, here's one more time. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, come on. That is an EVP if I've heard one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Charles, that's about it. That's it. So tell people one more time where they can find you and, and what you uh, what you can offer and what, what they could uh, come to you for. Yes, please come see me. I'd love to have you. I'm a psycho-spiritual coach, so 
I do lots and lots of things. I do sacred path card readings where I channel messages from both my spirit guides and yours. Those are always a great, great experience. I also do human design charts and I run a six week course called the bridge, um, which is all about emotional patterning and all that good stuff we talked about. You can find me at www.rosehousecoaching.com or on Instagram at rosehousecoaching. Oh, and to get all of that from somebody that is so lovely and fun to be around and with a beautiful sense of humor. I mean, what a great way to do it. Thank you, my friend. Oh, and let's also let people know that they can do it anywhere. You can do it anywhere. Yes. Everything I do is completely remote. So you can, you can get at me at any time. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I had so much fun. I'm so happy to reminisce about these things with you. I know. Back off. Come on, corn. (laughs) (laughs) Corn on. (laughs) Oh, isn't she a delight? I just love her. Now, I, I personally feel that just like with accurate card readers or psychics, people I think can take it with a grain of salt or they can just use it as entertainment. But I personally choose to really give this stuff the benefit of the doubt. And to me, I think that her approach is something that I could certainly get a lot out of. So I'm excited to explore that a lot more. And, um, you know, I hope that you guys can see my experience and if it, if it looks like something good for you, Go, go give Chelsea, go give her a call. I just want to be careful because I feel like sometimes I recommend things and I apologize if in the past I've been like, you gotta try this thing. Because even like a TV show or something, I'll be like, oh, I love this show. And then people will be like, I didn't like it. Well, I don't know. I'm just telling you my experience. And I think that what she does actually makes a lot of sense. And I think that... uh I think that if you, I'll leave it up to you to decide if it's something that you would like to try, but I personally love it. I just don't want to be responsible for telling anyone what they should or shouldn't do when it comes to your own personal well-being, because it is a personal journey and uh, that's a decision to make on your own. But um, just like with any psychic or or really any recommendation I have, um, so just a little disclaimer Anyway, I did post in the Facebook group, Ghosted by Ros Dress Velez, that I will be having Katrina Weidman on the podcast very soon. Now, Katrina, of course, we know from Portals to Hell on the Travel Channel. She's been on the show before. She hosts that show with Jack Osborne, who's also been on this show. And I love that show. And she's been paranormal investigating for years. And... I put in the Facebook group, if you guys have a question that you would like to know about, I don't know, the process of doing one of those shows or any any insights she might have on ghosts, put it in the post on the Facebook page. But only do it if you're listening today, Thursday, because I'm actually recording it tomorrow, Friday. So um, if you have a question and you're listening to this right now on Thursday, write it in there and hopefully I'll get to ask it for you. And that Facebook group is called Ghosted by Roz Dressvelez. Be sure to join and you can share your ghost stories in there. Or you can include them in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I am on Cameo at Roz Dressvelez. I am on Instagram at Roz Dressvelez. I also have 
an Instagram page for Rocky, my puppy, at Rocky the Diva. Make sure you are subscribed. Please tell your friends about the show. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Bands Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.